0: Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast, a ministry to St. Francis and the surrounding community. It's not a mistake you are here. We pray God speaks to you today. Service times are 9.30 and 11 a.m. Sunday mornings. Feel free to check us out at sfbridge.org. Have a life-giving week. Well, thank you, Heather. I I do have the dream job <laughs> when you think about... Uh things that you get to do, you can do with your life, I I couldn't think of anything else that I would rather be doing. And I've had the privilege over the last almost 30 years of coming alongside wonderful, talented, gifted, passionate people like your pastor and his wife and their family. And it's just been an awesome honor for me uh, to just be a little bit of a part of the unfolding of their story. And, of course, their story is your story. And uh, I was thinking about um, the, the bridge and our conversations about the possibility of the bridge before uh, it ever existed. It was just a, a dream. It was just a dream in the heart of your pastor. And uh, it felt like God was talking to him about Doing something that was going to stretch him and something that scared the daylights out of him, <laughs> and I, I remember him talking about that. And like every good church planter, there is that element of of, of fear that is mixed with an incredible amount of faith. You know that uh, that's that combination. It, uh, the fear keeps them all dependent on God, and uh, the faith is their confidence in God to help them do what God's asked them to do. And, and then to have the privilege today to just be here and to see the fruit of the commitment that they made to say yes to God and to carve out this new ministry in this church. And so it is just a joy for me to be here today. We've had the opportunity over the years to pop in once in a while. But as I was mentioned, I don't know how it worked out, but man, is it 10 years now? Eight? 15? 12? It's a long time. Six? It's not? Only six? Oh, okay. Well, six years. But, you know, whatever it is. I know. You get a 100 We've started 170 churches since 1990, and my chronology on all of them gets all mixed up, you know. But, uh, you know, it just, when I think about, these last six years and popping in every now and then. This is the first time I ever got the privilege of actually speaking. And so uh it's a, a dual pleasure for me. I, I told Heather, we maybe should, I should encourage Pastor Chris to go on sabbatical sooner. I could, <laughs> I could have got the pulpit sooner, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but uh so anyway, but it, it's just a joy to be with you all here today. And for my wife and I, we, as mentioned, we've had the probably of just watching your pastor and their family grow and <laughs> get older. I, as I look at the, their, their, their daughter, and their son, of the kids, it's just hard for me to believe that they got as big as they did. I don't know how that happens, you know, but, but it does. I, I don't get any older, but everybody around me does, you know, I'm not quite sure how that works, but anyway. So, well, I, I want to take a few moments this morning and, um, I want to talk to you about Jesus. You know, I, In our pre-service prayer time, in our pre-service prayer time, one of the things that was articulated as the worship team and some of the other key leaders were praying here for the service was that um, the comment was made about that audience of one. You know, And although the audience is more than one because we're, we're all here, but uh, the unseen guest uh, is here too. And we want to make sure that everything that we say and do brings honor to Him. And I want to talk to you about Him this, this, this morning. I want to talk to you about Jesus, our, our Savior, our friend, and our, our Lord. Um, there's a story in the book of Acts uh, about a Christ follower. His name was, his name was Philip. And uh, Philip was really doing his very best to practice o- o- immediate obedience and uh, just trying to obey the Lord and, and trying to do it in an on-time fashion. And so uh, the story that we read about in Acts chapter 8, we get a little bit of an indication of his success and his efforts to live in immediate obedience to the Lord. And uh, let me just read in Acts chapter 8. I'm going to pick up the the encounter here at verse 26. (coughs) It says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he got the instruction, and interestingly enough, in the, the very next phrase says, So he started out. You know, it's always a good thing when the Lord begins to speak to us and gives us assignment and direction. Uh, the best thing to do is just get about doing it and do it when the Lord tells you to do it and do what the Lord told you to do. And so he started out, and as he was going, while he was on his way, uh, he had an encounter with uh, an individual. We don't know his name. Uh, all we know is that he was an Ethiopian. Uh, well, we know he was a eunuch, but he, he was a man from Ethiopia, and he had been—he's uh, rather successful and had a position of leadership in in uh, Queen Candace's uh, administration. And he had been down to Jerusalem, and he apparently was on his way, and uh, he was heading back home. And again. On his way back, the Lord said to Philip, "Go over and talk to that guy." Now, how many of us in our in our day to day life have felt that inner urge, or we've sensed a little whisper, and the Lord says, "I want you to go over and talk to that person," and then the battle begins, right, (laughs) as to whether or not we actually go do it, all the reasons why we shouldn't do it, you know, Uh, you know, all of our fears start to kick it in. and, and all of that, and and uh, I don't know if Philip went through all of that or not, but I do know that ultimately, is that he went ahead and did what the Spirit or what instructed him to do, and he said, "Go over to that chariot, stand near it," and so he did. He went over, and as he stood there, he heard the man. He was actually reading out loud. He was reading the scriptures, and, uh, and Philip asked him uh, uh An engaging question, and oftentimes when the the Lord instructs us to go have an encounter with somebody, uh, it's, you know, if, if we're sensitive, we can find that engaging question that would allow us to break into their thoughts, break into what it is that they're doing, and create an opportunity to have a conversation with them. And so he did. He he had this engaging conversation. (laughs) He said, hey, you understand what you're reading there, by the way? And the guy says, how can I, unless someone explains it to me? And uh, you want to talk to me about it? Come on in. And so he invited him into his his chariot and tells about the passage of Scripture um, that he was reading. And uh, then the the eunuch asked Philip, he says, who's this, this? He didn't understand who he was reading about. And then it says that Philip then at that point began with the very spot where he was at and he began to tell him good news, good news about Jesus. Just, you know, all those encounters where a guy had an opportunity to sit down with somebody else and the content of the conversation immediately turned to Jesus. And uh, It isn't just that the conversation was about Jesus, but in the content of the conversation about Jesus, there was this phrase that he uses when he says, he began to tell him the good news about Jesus. And I'm here to tell you this morning, everything about Jesus is good news. There isn't anything about Jesus that isn't good news. And so, you're in luck this morning. Uh, The good news is I came to tell you some good news because I'm going to talk to you about Jesus. And uh, and I think it's kind of timely, you know. I, I don't know about you, but boy, there sure hasn't been much good news coming out of NBC or CNN or Fox Network. I don't care which one you pick. There's not been a lot of... Good news that we've been inundated with lately. So it's a good thing you came to church because I know you're long overdue for a good dose of some good news. And so I'm going to talk about Jesus because it's all going to be good news. And you know, everything about Jesus is good news. And when we think about the kind of the chronology of Jesus' interaction with the planet and with us, every part of it is just filled with significant information that really is good news for you and me. Uh, you know, our our church calendar is filled and marked by many of the, the key components of the story about Jesus. Uh, you know, his incarnation and, and his crucifixion and his resurrection and his ascension uh, back to, to the Father and and then his coming again every one of those experiences are kind of marked on our calendar except for the uh, the last one. We don't have a day because none of us know when it's going to happen. We just pray, Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. But every one of those events and the implications behind them is an announcement of good news for you and me. And so we're going to kind of walk through those for just a few moments here this morning. And and we're going to begin with the the reality that uh, Christ came. Now, I I realize I'm a little out of sync because none of us are thinking about snow. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. None of us are looking forward to that right about now. But in a a few months, it's not that far away, once again, uh, we're going to be celebrating the coming of Christ into the world and in the means of his coming through a virgin birth. And the reality is that Jesus did come. It's a historical fact. Jesus came and he lived on this planet. The good news isn't just wrapped up in the fact that he came, but it's behind the purpose of his coming that we find the good news. And throughout the Gospels, there are many... There are many passages of scriptures that specifically indicate some of the nuances behind why he came. Uh, For example, uh, in in Luke chapter 19, the, the scripture tells us that Jesus came to save lost people. He came to seek and save that which was lost. Now, you know, that's good news when you come to a realization that you're lost. You know, when you're lost and you know you're lost, to have somebody to come and is going to show you the way is good news. (laughs) How many of you ever been lost and you couldn't find your way? Now, guys, I know most of us, you know, our pride thing gets in. We don't want to ask anybody. We want to try to figure it out. But once in a while, we get in a place where, you know, we just realize that we're in over our head, we're lost, and we know it. And so we have to ask for help. Well, we were all spiritually lost, and Christ came to help us find our way. I remember my lost days, and I'm so grateful that Christ came. I didn't grow up in the church, but I remember my days when I wasn't serving the Lord, and I knew I was lost. There came that point, and I was so glad that God sent someone to help me to find my way spiritually, because I knew what my destination was as I continue to wander around in my lostness. And so the good news is that Christ came for people like me who was lost. And, uh, and, you know, so the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. And and, uh, another passage tells us that he came to give us a new life. and You know, that passage in John 10.10, you know, where Jesus says, I've come to give you life, a new life. And we all know about that born-again experience. We need to be born again, we get a start at it all over again. We get a a new life and and, uh, we have to be born again and we are born again. But the life that we have in Christ, I give you, He came to give us a new life and He came to give you life and I gave it to you in fullness. Isn't that good news? That Jesus just didn't come to give us life, but He gave us life that's filled with joy and peace and forgiveness and and I love the I love the, uh, I love the mur- mural out there, the second chances and the hugs and all the stuff that I desperately crave. You know, I'm, I need all that stuff. And so Jesus came, and that's what that that fullness of life. I came that you might have life, and you might have it to the fullest. That life, you know, life isn't just about just getting through life and making it through another day. It's about purpose. It's about meaning. It's about It's about experiencing the the joy that there is in living life. That's why Jesus came, and that's good news. Jesus came so that we could experience that kind of, of life. He, he came to deliver us from darkness, the Scripture says. He came to bring us peace, the Scripture says. He, he came to, so that we could know how the Father wants us to live. You know, every all those things that the Scripture says about why Jesus came are all things that I desperately need. And the good news is He came so I could have them and experience it. That's why Jesus came. So the good news is is that Jesus came. But that's not all the story. The good news is also that Jesus suffered and died. That's good news. Especially when you think about why Jesus suffered and died. I know it sounds strange to talk about somebody suffering and death and use the word Good news in the same sentence, almost oxymoronic, but it, it's not. It, when you think about what we have because Christ died, it, it does become good news to us. It's things that we couldn't have had had Christ not suffered and died. You know, in Hebrews chapter 9, it says uh, the law regulate, requires that nearly everything be cleansed by blood, and without the shedding of blood, no forgiveness. Without the shedding of blood, no forgiveness. How many? How many of you've ever sinned? Oh man. <laughs> Most of you just did because you didn't. You, you didn't tell the truth because we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. For a question, but not really. You know, we've all sinned, and, and we've all been in need of forgiveness. And the only way. Now, I don't know why. I've often wondered. I don't know why God made the rule that the only way you could get forgiveness of sin is through the shedding of blood. But God's God, and He got to make up the rules. And when you, if you don't like it, you'll have to create your own universe and you'll have to do your own thing and you can create the rules. But God said that. So the reality is God made the rules. And the rule says no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. And in an old system, they, they, they slaughtered animals and their blood just provided a covering, but it never really provided the full forgiveness. And so it was through the suffering and the death of Christ and the shedding of his blood that you and I can live guilt free and have the forgiveness of our sins that we all desperately need. And you know, in Romans, in, the, in the Romans 5, verses 8 and 8, it says, God demonstrated his love for in this. <laughs> While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? See, the good news is through the shedding, through Christ's shedding of his blood, through his death, we are able to acquire a standing with God as people who are justified, people who are acquitted of our sins people who are forgiven of our sin, people whose penalty has been paid for our sin, and it all happened in the death of Christ. Wasn't that good news for you and me? Is that that's what we are able to have in Jesus. We're able to acquire the forgiveness of our sins because Christ died for sin once for all. The righteous for the unrighteous so that we can be brought into right relationship with God, so that we can stand in the presence of God just as if we'd never sinned because our sin has been totally obliterated as far as the east is from the west and through the blood of Christ, as far as the east is from the west, our sins have been removed from us. Now, is that good news or what? You know, for a guy who has plenty of them committed, that's good news. I'm feeling pretty grateful today and pretty thankful today for the death of Christ, for his willingness to go to the cross on my behalf. So the good news is that Jesus came. And the good news for you and me is that Jesus died too. And he was crucified and he shed his blood. But that's not all. That's not the whole story. Because the Bible also says that Jesus was resurrected from the dead and I got some news for you. That's good news too. <laughs> the good news is that the grave could not contain him that the power of God was exerted in Christ and Christ was raised from the dead. And the implications of that for you and me, friends, them means that this all falls within that category of good news for us. Because you see, what the Scripture says is that Christ, When he was raised from the dead, that same power that was exerted in Christ's body, when he was raised from the dead, is also going to be exerted in your and my body, and the grave is not going to be able to maintain victory over any of us. Now, is that good news or what? See, the good news is that because of Christ's resurrection, we have the hope. That we too are going to be resurrected. That these mortal bodies, which may be consigned to the grave, are one day going to be raised incorruptible in victory. Hallelujah! Because Christ became the first fruits of all of them who were resurrected, resurrected or will be resurrected in His resurrection Himself. That's what it says. You know, in Acts chapter three, uh, we tell you good news, and I'm, I'm telling you good news here. What God promised us, He's what God promised our fathers, He fulfilled for us by raising up Jesus. But God raised Him from the dead, freeing Him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep hold on Him. He was delivered over to death for our sins, raised to life for our justification. And if the Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who lives in you. By His power, by His power, God raised the Lord Jesus from the dead and He will raise us also. And that's why we say, when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with clothed with uh, immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your sting? Where, O oh, death, is your victory? There is none because of the power of the resurrection that will work in us. So we go to the graveside and we never say, it's over for a believer. It's only we'll see you soon. Because that power that raised Christ from the dead, it's also gonna be at work in us. Because he was the first fruits in the resurrection of all those who will be resurrected. Now is that good news or what? We don't fear death. Death has no power over us. We don't have to fear death. We don't it has no sting. It can't hurt us. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And one day these mortal bodies are going to be reunited. In the presence of the Lord, Hallelujah! Now, is that good news or what? Come on, Jesus came, and Jesus died, and Jesus rose again. That's all good news. Uh, you know, when Jesus, after his resurrection, after his resurrection, Jesus wandered around the earth here for a while. In fact, he—I think one counter says he appeared to up to five hundred people. So, you know, five hundred eyewitness accounts that Christ actually was resurrected from the dead. But he didn't stay here, you know. In fact, he wasn't here very long after the resurrection, and there were a handful of people who had the uh, the wonderful privilege of watching Jesus depart the planet. And uh, <coughs> we talk about the ascension, yeah, the ascension, you know, when Jesus went back into the presence of the Father, and. Uh, I, there's a passage in John where Jesus was foretelling that experience to his followers and he was telling them that there was going to come a day when he was going to leave them and, and they were all pretty sad about it. And, you know, I, I could understand that. You know, goodbyes aren't fun. And, uh, you know, Jesus seemed to indicate that that goodbye, you know, was going to be a pretty lengthy one for a while. But, and it says that they were sad, they were troubled, they were sad, and he told them, don't worry about it, it's a good thing for you that I'm not sticking around. <laughs> and maybe in a couple, an hour from now, soon you'll think, well, oh, it's a good thing that preacher's not sticking around either anymore, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but now that wasn't the case there, you know, they were thinking, it's a good thing, you know, it's not a good thing you're leaving. And Jesus, said, yes it is, it's a good thing that I'm going on. And, cause, uh, when I get back to the Father, there are going to be some significant things that are going to happen on your behalf that can't happen if I was to stay here. And so when we think about the ascension and the fact that Jesus went back into heaven, it really is good news, friend. And uh, in Romans chapter 8, verse thir- 34, it says, um, who, who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died more than that. Who was raised to life, good news who's now at the right hand of God. And so when Jesus left, he had a destination, and his, his, his return destination was to the Father's right hand. But there's an interesting reason why he's at the Father's right hand, or there's an interesting thing that's said in this passage of Scripture about his activity at the Father's right hand. And let me read it for you. He's at the right hand of God, interceding for us. How's that good news? What? You and I have a personal advocate with the God of the universe, the creator of the universe. We have someone who is personally sitting in his right hand asking and begging and seeking for our blessing from his Father. Think about that. Now, is that good news or what? That he is at the right Hand of the Father interceding on our behalf right now. This has been a podcast of the Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.